Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's almost been two, going on three years now. It's called Forbidden Bingo, forbiddenbingo.com every Thursday. Uh, And if you are interested in uh, a fun time where you can win some sexy, sexy prizes, uh, you should go to forbiddenbingo.com and uh, tell DJ Rockstar Aaron that I sent you. Uh, Every Thursday you will have the chance, along with many other players who I'm loyal to and I call my family my ohana. Uh, It's so much fun. It is um, every Thursday, uh, unless there's something else going on in life, and it's just a hoot. So it's called ForbiddenBingo.com, and let DJ Rockstar and Aaron and everyone else in the crew know that I sent you. Mahalo. Listeners, uh, not sure if you know this, but we are on YouTube and I will be linking that in the comments. Um, just wanted to give an intro before we go into this episode. This episode features my friend, my husband's dear friend, Jackie. She's a veteran uh, of the U.S. Navy and this is very near and dear to my heart. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I am a military spouse. Um, and so uh, veteran stories, inclusive veteran stories are something I really want to share. Before we pop into the episode, if something uh, about, uh, you know, uh, sexual assault or uh, veteran issues or mental health is triggering for you, I would suggest you do not listen to this episode. That's my only trigger warning. Basically, this is a great conversation about imposter syndrome and being a woman or a woman identifying person in the military uh, and their veteran experience. So I want to share that in a safe space. And if that's not safe for you, please exit. Mahalo. Uh, other housekeeping, uh, merch. Uh, we've got merch at pleasedontkickmeout.com slash shop. Thanks to Lara Russo, who is amazing, who has done all of my graphics and my branding. Go to pleasedontkickmeout.com slash shop. Live your 90s fantasy. Uh, I am trying to get syndicated off this podcast. So if you know someone, please let me know. And uh, mahalo for all of your kakua and uh, continued support. And thank you so, so much. All right, let's pop into the episode. Hey, welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. And today I have someone very special, unique, exciting, uh, one of my husband's old, 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 old shipmates, like way back in the day, like beginning of his career. And we're talking, it's almost been 20 years here. So wow. We both feel old when I just said that. Uh, but anyway, this is my, <laughs> my husband's friend who's now my dear friend, Jackie, Jackie. Hello. This hello. Is a bit, yeah. It's audio and visual, and I'm not sure where to look and what to do with my hands. So, um, you know, it's new, we're new here, but Jackie, why don't you go ahead and give everyone an overview, 30,000 foot overview, elevator pitch of who you are, what you do, et cetera. So, um, my name is Jackie and online, um, I go by, uh, red, red velvet art, uh, ready whip, depending on, you know, what I'm doing or talking about, like ready whip for, for roller derby, uh, red velvet, red velvet art for my illustration stuff. Um, all that fun stuff. So it's after, or, um, what do you call it? Uh, nom de plumes, things like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Um, but I am an illustrator. 
I am a roller derby player, fire dancer, um, and general j- jack of all trades or Jackie of all trades, I guess. Um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> any, any form, any, any like creative outlet there is, I've either dabbled in it or want to, uh, be it cosplay or um, poetry, painting, mural art, miniatures, graphic design, all that kind of stuff. And, and as you know, with ADHD, you know, the whole cyclical mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hyper, hyper fixation. So, um, so some of those have stuck, have actually stuck with me for a yeah. little bit. And uh, so I'm, I would call, I would call myself a, a multimedia artist. That's awesome. Uh, may I ask how old you were when you were diagnosed? Cause I know women, sometimes they're a lot older. Diagnosed with which ADHD? ADHD. Yes. So I don't have an official diagnosis because the VA has given me the runaround. Oh, of course they because, did. Of course they <laughs> So, um, <laughs> but my, my psychiatrist and my therapist are like, you definitely have it. You just need to go through that whole official uh, screening to get yeah. your diagnosis. That way you can get your medication. So um, I, but when it comes to having known, it's been about what three years um I had a I had a friend of mine uh, down in Orange County and she's like you know you have ADHD right and I'm like what are you talking about she's like you have every single symptom and I'm like okay I I have generalized anxiety disorder depression um Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and she's like yeah and this and this and this and I'm like well do you have ADHD she's like yeah and I have all the same stuff like yeah so I started looking into it I started looking into it and I'm like oh my gosh I feel I feel seen yeah (laughs) So this episode releases exactly one week after uh, my beautiful conversation with ADHD coach Ron, who's been on the podcast twice. And uh, what you said about, uh, I'm going to validate, first of all, your feelings. Um, The fact that you've got two people, medical professionals, they're like, you have it. You just have to go through the right hoops. For my listeners who are not privy to anyone that's a veteran or working in the veteran space or working in TRICARE, um, there's a lot of of red tape that um, surrounds um, um, disability uh, and their disability benefits. Um, given if you, if they submit something wrong, then you get no money. Uh, and you earned that and medically, especially earned that. So, um, as a veteran, I can understand like where you're like, okay, now I got to go through, is that going to affect everything? And then like the bureaucratic red tape of everything. Um, but of course, once you get the diagnosis, once you get the medication, you're good and gravy, but like, it takes a while and it's, it's hard, but something that Ron had mentioned was that like a lot of people, not even within the VA, but just like a lot of people in general, they don't have the means or the financial um, competence to be able to get those actual diagnoses. So we, we we still want to validate if someone doesn't have the official on paper and the Adderall prescription or whatever that prescription might be, which is me. Uh, I, to take it back, was a marketing director, got laid off in 2020. Scott was getting ready to deploy on the Macon Island. And I uh, wanted to start my podcast and I didn't know I had ADHD. All my friends had it. My husband had it. Uh, and he was re-diagnosed on while he was on that ship and he'd had it as a kid and Scott sat me down and he gave me a piece of paper and he's like, fill this out. And I did. And then I scored like 36 or something on it. And I'm like, Ooh, high score. What's that mean? He's like, no, dude, you got to go to a doctor. Like you have it like beyond you (laughs) just have it. So, um, I've been medicated, um, on it. I've had a psychologist as well, affirm it. Um, uh, since I was 30, almost 31, and now I'm going to be 34 and I've gone kind of the run the gamut of, of different types of medication at one point in SSRI and like you have generalized anxiety. And, um, now that's turned into IBS. <laughs> Great. Love oh, that God. for me. Yeah. The health, the health is just, <laughs> woo. 
Isn't that uh, just great? <laughs> no, it, it really is. And it isn't because like my body was like, well, you know what? For 34 years, we held in there and <laughs> you're about to move again. And guess what? Up and out. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday, actually, I just got, um, I had to go take an HPLR pilar test, which is like for an ulcer. Don't have an ulcer. So then on Monday, I have a, finally a gastrointestinal follow-up appointment. Um, I I'm on select, not prime, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I had, I, tri- I tricare, right? Right. Tricare. Yeah. And I went yeah. to the ER at tripler. Well, it was over the holidays and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to risk with my husband in a situation of getting, you know, staying active duty and almost getting out or whatever. And you know, the situation more than my listeners do, and it would bore them to death. So I won't tell them. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want to run into us suddenly being stuck with a bill due to medical miscoding. And so I was like, yeah. well, I'll just go to the, I'll just go to the ER, uh, on base. It's fine. So, um, so yeah, so no, I've been dealing with that since, uh, beginning of December. Cause my husband took a trip and then all of a sudden I couldn't keep anything down. And then Oof. he got back and I was still not feeling great. And then I went to urgent care and all they could do was give me Pedialyte cause it was Schofield. <laughs> It was like, oh. here's the Pedialyte popsicles and uh, an IV and Zofran. And then, and then I went to the ER and then I finally contacted my doctor after New Year's. Cause it was like the day after New Year's. And I was like, hi, um, you know, the stuff we've been treating. Yeah. You know, the intake forms I've been filling out totally lied on them. It's a three, not a one. It's a three. I've got anxiety up the wazoo. Um, but yeah, no, we're on the right track now. So, um, we'll hopefully have some answers, but Scott and I have a feeling that the gastrointestinal person is just going to be like, there's nothing in there. Yeah, I have, I have, I have a similar thing with like with your anxiety and being gastrointestinal. Mine is all in my chest. Oh yeah, so I get like you know the chest tightness, the 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 angina, like the heart Mm -hmm, pain, mm -hmm. shortness of breath, and then like all the physical symptoms that come with the fight or flight response when I have a panic attack. And my biggest issue with that right now is having moved from California to Oregon. Yeah, um, I have. Yeah, I have. Change. I'm dealing with exactly, which is. 99% 99% of the change that I've gone through since September has been yeah. positive and and I would love to get into right. that um and I think you'd find like some of my more recent experiences really fascinating but dealing with a whole new veterans affairs system mm-hmm. uh through the like the Roseburg going from the long San Diego Long Beach to or San Diego VA like La Jolla up uh-huh. to Long Beach and uh moving yeah. up to Bishop and living in Bishop, which is incredibly rural and having to deal with that, which is a whole other story. Having to drive mm-hmm. six hours every month to see a mental health person. Holy shit. Um, in Oregon. Uh, no, um, oh. when we were living in Bishop. Oh, okay. Which, okay. Yeah. Cause we, um, we were living in Bishop, California for about 10 years and it is as rural as you can possibly get in California. It's on the other side of the Sierra Nevada in the Owens Valley mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. Reno yeah, yeah. and San Bernardino. And there's yep. no VA there. And the of one in Reno, you can't, <laughs> yeah. And you can't really get to the one in Reno in the winter because the snow gets so, yeah, yeah. so bad. And so it made sense uh, to go to the VA in Long Beach in Orange County. Well, a lot, uh, I would stay in Orange County because the, my in-laws are there. So we had a place to go and it was nice to, you know, get out of Bishop for, you know, a week every month, actually do some shopping. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, so I didn't feel so isolated and, you know, out of my mind, but Dealing with the VA in Oregon, I got, um, I finally got a, a new psych, a new psychiatrist because Word. I need my, I need my yeah. medication to yeah. function. Yeah, obviously, yeah. 
And I take, what, I take what, a, what a novel I, idea. <laughs> I know. Go, go figure. <laughs> I have, I have a, a chemical imbalance in my brain that needs medication. Oh my God. Um, and uh, I got a new psychiatrist. And so she refilled my prescriptions for Lexapro, Buspar, um, uh, or like Escitalopram, whatever that, mm-hmm. that is. And, Buspar, yeah, yeah. and then, and then uh, hydroxyzine for sleep. And I also had a prescription for um, Ativan mm-hmm. for four or five years. And it's, I only take it in instances where I'm, I know I'm going to be in a very triggering uh, environment or mm-hmm. I'm going to be around mm-hmm. something that is going to spike my anxiety and it helps take the edge off. So I don't need to come all the way down from the top. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, cause I've been doing MBSR, like the mindfulness-based stress mm-hmm, reduction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Um, but there are times where like before I fly mm-hmm. or if I'm going to be in a social, a social setting that I know is going to make me in like crazy anxious. Like I, because of military sexual assault trauma, yep. um, I have a hard time being around groups of men. So I know if I'm going to be, yeah, yeah if I'm going to be in an environment where there are a lot of men or I'm going to. Yeah, in that kind of situation, I know I can I should take one of my Ativan with me just in case. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like something I had to take every day. But this psychiatrist, she doesn't believe in like that medication because she's like, oh, it's habit forming and mm. it's you know, it, high risk of dependency. And I'm like, I've been on this for four or five years or whatever. I, yeah. I can't remember exactly how long. Because time blindness. But um so I get six to twelve pills half like a half milligram dose per month i'm not yeah. taking it every day and she refuses to prescribe it to me even so, though you have like a lo- oh my god hey is there a cunt i can punch yeah can you like point me in the direction? <laughs> i freaking i i wish because i would i would i am oh. not a, a a shy person when it comes to pursuing what i need you well, know, you're in the I military, not, like, so I would imagine yeah, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I will not shirk back. Like I will, I will be that oil that squeaky wheel. I will yeah. be the squeaky wheel so I can get my grease. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so I'm currently going through the, the VA system here to try to get my emergency anxiety medication. So that's fun. Um but yeah, the VA is is has been a hit or miss, and I've had some really amazing experiences. Yeah. Um I had the best OBGYN because I also have uh, PCOS and endometriosis. Wow, just the whole and lottery, you're saying. <laughs> just the whole shebang, the whole shebang. Um, and everything wrong with me is okay too. Yeah, so my doctor in Long Beach was great. And I don't have one up here yet in Oregon because I deal, yeah. I do, like endometriosis pain is no joke. Do you um, have to go through the VA for that or can you go through someone that can take like select or whatever? Um, oh, like care in the community yeah, is yeah. what I think the VA has or Patriot's Choice. And I can, if it's an emergency, otherwise I have to call the coordinator and then they have to like find a clinic that accepts care in the community <sighs> and schedule Why them. Why do we and... do this to our veterans? This is, I'm, 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 mad. I'm mad for you. Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's, it's tough. And it's just a lot of being on hold. And mm-hmm. a lot of shopping around for some place that actually takes VA health insurance. Yeah. Um, but I am, I got really lucky recently, uh, a couple months ago when I was really going through it and desperate for a therapist or some someone to talk to 
to work through stuff because I recently yeah. went through a a major psychological shift uh, in my thinking and in introspection. I really needed someone to help me work on processing all the stuff that mm-hmm. I've been feeling and going yeah. through. Yeah. And Oregon State funds the Veterans Center and they have licensed therapists there for free. Thank goodness. And I got and I got matched with a female female veteran therapist that yeah. specializes in military sexual assault trauma. Which thank you for vulnerability with that. I just have to tell you right now because you said it earlier and you I was know, like, wait a second. You know, oh, <laughs> I wanted yeah. to say I thank mean, you for your it's, vulnerability. And it's a it's a real it's, thing. It happens. Of course. I'm an I'm an open book on this kind of stuff because it's important. I feel that it's important to be heard on these things, especially because at the time when these things were happening to us in the early 2000s, we, we couldn't really come out about it. We couldn't talk about it. No. And therapy uh, was not as accepted as it is now. And I'm like, everyone should go to therapy. Like if I'm ever, if I ever get to win the lottery, I'm like, all of my friends are getting therapy every and you every get therapy night. and you get yeah, therapy, therapy and you get, therapy. You get exactly. mindful-based training and you get mindful-based training <laughs> yep exactly oh, so um and so since I'm comfortable with talking about my experiences I hope that that gives others courage to you know seek help yeah exactly since I've I've reached a point where I am okay with talking about that I, I don't really talk about it often, but I do, me too. I mean, m- most women, are, I'm, most. I, I identify as, as non-binary, so she, they, but um, I, oh, I look, I, oh, no, 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 you're fine. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm just telling people if they're new here, hi, uh, my name is Bianca Walwick. This is my podcast about <laughs> imposter syndrome. Uh, anyway, um, I just, just fruit through my advocacy work and whatnot, but um, I've been in therapy since 2020, my, we put my dog down and that, like, I had a rescue and we had to put him down and that brushed up a lot of stuff for me, plus losing my job, plus ADHD, plus all this. I just kind of had this moving target. So I started therapy. Um, and, uh, there's a lot I haven't processed. So I'm a child of narcissism. Uh, I have both an in sibling and an in mom. Uh, I actually had a fun conversation with my in mom today where I talked about where she told me that I was telling her about RuPaul's drag race. I was like, Oh, my friend came over to watch drag race. And she's like, can't you guys watch like normal shows? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? But anyway, um, and so I was uh, just, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're fine. You can say something. I was listening to your, um, your podcast where you were talking about how you don't have any, like you refuse to unblock one of your, one of your siblings and my only how sibling. you and your mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your only sibling, you only have one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm the oldest. I'm not at a point where I can, I'm not at a point where I can do it right now. My mom is, my mom is diet Coke version of it. Right. Like I, my mom can say something stupid and I'm like, whatever boomer and hung, hang up on her. It's not a big deal. And I like still, I still have love and adoration for my mom. She might not love me in the way that I needed. And that, and I, and I know that, that, that really hurts people's feelings when they hear that, but it's, it's not a dig. It's truly something that I had to learn and work through in therapy is that my inner child it has to be healed by me because the, the yearning and the want for my parent never really happens. So to go back to like sexual assault, um, yeah, in college I was raped by at a fraternity. 
Uh, and uh, then instead of the university or my parents or anyone feeling sorry for me while I'm processing this thing, I got a minor in possession ticket. That minor in possession ticket then put my sorority on the block. I was in a sorority somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Put my sorority on the block. So they all hated me because they couldn't go to parties that said fraternity anymore. And then I was, even though I had a 4.0, I was on uh, academic probation, even though I, and then I had to do all this like other stuff, go to addiction counseling, all these things, all because I was 19 years old and someone drugged my drink at a frat party and then raped me and oh. and it was and i didn't process so it sorry Instead, i just you took it that. right no it's okay other stuff's happened too but i mean it's okay like i i know that like sounds like dismissive but truly it's okay like i've dealt with it i've dealt with how that felt i've figured out why i brushed it under the rug and when i i was 25 years old when i finally processed it because it had happened to me again by someone in the community that i was within of the dance music community i had a dj that just took advantage of me and i and i was like no, like, no, like I, this is not. And so I had to relive it and then relive another thing. And both times I, my parents were like, why didn't you go to the police? If it was really that big of a deal, why didn't you go to the police? Even the guy said that to me the second time, why didn't you go to the police? If you really felt that way, why didn't you go to the police? Here's the deal. Uh, I don't, I think it was like 2000, it was early 2000s when the first one happened. And it was definitely like maybe, maybe a little after 2010, 11, 12 and some change who's going to believe me when I don't have the evidence? Who's going to want to file this report? Why? I didn't have the money in my twenties. I don't have money. Like imagine being like an E1, E2. Well, that was basically me as a person in my twenties living in Denver on a freaking shitty salary for marketing. Right. Like I'm not, uh, yeah. And, and also I felt damaged, right? Like I felt damaged, like damaged goods. So I felt like I had zero value zero, like all these things. So it's it's been a process. So the point is, is that I can completely empathize. I appreciate your vulnerability. It's taken a lot for me through therapy to get to a place where I can even talk about it without being like peeved and steaming mad, but also like men gross period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even just military. I, um, the first time I was molested, I was five years old by my next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, uh, sexually assaulted when I was 16 and I did go to the police and they didn't do shit about it so of course that is going to uh oh yeah me yeah you know it's gonna it's gonna make me think oh I'm you know I'm not I'm doing something wrong or they didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. you know like that's normal it's like I I should have found it suspicious when the guy put me in the bathtub afterwards you don't know yeah and and I didn't realize until later it was to it was to wash away physical evidence yeah yeah so so the police couldn't do anything because there was no physical evidence um and yeah in the military it happened uh well i mean there's sexual assault is sexual assault but you know it happens a lot and it's there's different different levels yeah yeah so where like some experiences were not rape and Mm -hmm. another one was so i would say there would be three major instances but even just on the daily basis of being a female in the military. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Stressful, especially in the early 2000s. And that was before there was a lot. There was no protection. Or, there still isn't. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you came forward or made any kind of complaint, they just moved you. Yeah. You'd go to the chaplain. Uh, and some chaplains were great. Others were eh, not so much. But um, they would just move you somewhere else. Like I got, I got moved from department to department or just put on... Um, or went had to go cranking again i'm like why am i going to shift laundry oh scott hated cranking oh he tells me all the time about how it was awful the worst time of his life yeah, it's like yeah i'm like can't we just can't 
why can't we just deal with this? Like, can, can I have a therapist? Can I have something, please? Can there be some kind of accountability for what this guy did? And, you know, anything they can do to, to shut you up about it, I guess. Were they superior to you? Yes. Of course they were. Oh, in, in every, in, in every instance. And Which is I was, so you know, fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, yeah. I'm married to one of the good ones, but he'll tell, yeah. he's told me. God is definitely one of the seen. good ones. There's, but there's not, the thing is, is that there's, they're there, there, but there's, there, there's so many bad people in leadership. I don't care who is listening to this. If you do not believe that you are absolutely wrong. I know so many females in the military and like even, even Jackie right here, who is a veteran and I've, and I've only just gotten recently to know her story. And even so I believe her 1000% because I, and this is what I tell people when you're a female in the military, I respect the shit out of you. I don't care if you are an E1 or the, the lowest of the low. I don't care if you just barely made it through boot camp. I don't care if you're the highest of the highest up. I respect you because and they just lowered the uh, test to get into the military. So, I mean, you can only imagine how much worse it's going to be. So, you mean for the, the ASVAB? They lowered the score, yeah. I, but it was, it was already like in, like the, they were already like, people were like in, the, in the go 50s, lower. Yeah, go lower. 60s, down to like, ooh. Don't quote me on that. I think Scott could probably speak to it, but. Yeah, no, um, I'm, that's something I'm definitely going to like look into because I recently met um, a 17 year old girl who really wants to join the Navy. And I'm like, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a sea lawyer. I don't want to be one of those people that are going to tell you exactly like what it's going to be. Cause my experience is definitely going to be different. It's a different time, but it, or, it, yeah, it's not a it good is. time to join. I'll be honest. And so I want to, I really want to get sit down with her and be like, these are my experiences. And this is what you can do to avoid those experiences. Mm -hmm. I want you to learn from, learn from me learn from my mistakes like talk to other female veterans about their experience yeah um before you go into this because also, yeah and they're just there aren't a lot of advocates for that right i've noticed what, there what, aren't yeah keep going sorry yeah there just are i have not met a lot of uh female veterans who are taking steps to talk to uh Future, young women yeah yeah, to future, the future generation about joining the military and working with the military to make positive changes for women. There are some great organizations out there, but mm. just one-on-one, -on -one, like talking yeah. to these recruits, the recruits that are going to be depth in. So anytime I meet a girl um, or a young woman or someone, anyone, it doesn't even have to be, you know, female, uh, yeah. like the gender spectrum and everything, like anyone that identifies as a woman or is non-binary, everything, yeah. like I welcome them to talk to me about it. Or if I have a friend that has a daughter or um, a non-binary child and right. they're thinking about the military, I'm like, come let them talk to me. I'll tell them some of my experiences and, you know, what they can do to prepare themselves emotionally and mentally um, using my, like my experience, what I went through in the military. And just so they have like an idea of what could happen. Yeah. And I, I feel like because they don't talk so much about our experience as women yeah. in the military or female, all that people go in blindly and they don't know. Exactly. Exactly. And so this is interesting. Something you said is like, there's, okay, here's what I'm going to say. My husband's almost got, got out. And I know that there's so much support for the veteran community, but there's zero support for the babies going in. Right. 
you don't know what you yeah. don't know. And if you don't have the means to go to college, you, you basically, you see the military as an, an opportunity to get the fuck out of wherever you're from. And yeah, I, well, why do you, why you, do you think recruiters, recruiters still target lower income schools and communities because they do not have the resources due to, you know, systemic racism, um, the, being kept at a poverty level. The military would does not have would not have a pool of people to pull from if they weren't kept in these situations. So some people would not even join the military if they knew that there were other options for them. Exactly. If they just could or they get knew that they could do step up, they, or they could, could do yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they could get that step up, like if the military is something you really want to do and you're passionate about it, do it. But don't be like me and go in because you just want to pay for college or. Um, you're looking for A, B, or C, like, and you're not really wanting to serve your country. I, if you want to serve your country, do it. I will not tell you that that's a bad idea. Yeah. If that's something you want to do. But if you're going in to fulfill something else and the military is sort of the last resort for it, there are resources and other things that you can Mm -hmm. look into. So, and because my situation was, I was living on my own at 16. My family right. moved out to Missouri. So I lived on my own at 16. I graduated high school and I didn't have enough money uh, or any kind of financial support. I didn't qualify for student aid or any of that stuff. And I didn't want to go into it to debt with student loans. Right. Yay me. <laughs> I, I, I dodged that bullet. Um, and I'm like, I'll just, I guess I'll just join the military for four years. Yeah. And so, and then I get, I get out. I used my post 11 GI bill to pay for college, get like a degree in communication. And then the VA slaps me with unemployability because of anxiety and stuff. Oh, so damn it. Least, Fucking cannot I, catch I'm a like, break. <laughs> I know. Right. It's like, I, I did all this for what, for, for what, but I'm, I'm glad that I have a, I, I do. I'm glad that I do get the hundred percent. Um, right. So I'm free. I'm free to pursue the passions that I have, like art yeah. and illustration. Yeah. And I'm I'm free to be myself. So I'm, I count myself extremely lucky. Yeah, I would say so, too. And I mean, like, I'm definitely looking at a person who's on a healing journey and like who has so much strength and probably maybe didn't have that strength a while ago. But now you kind of know what your voice is and where your passions lie. When I hear you speak, I in my head immediately go, wait, wait, there's not resources for that. There should be. There should be resources from the female veteran perspective or especially for young women why is there not even okay I know I'm just a spouse and they say okay well you serve too and I'm like I, I know the appendage but I've done you're a bunch of stuff for F, but I've done a bunch of stuff for FRG MWR I've worked for Navy Marine Corps Relief Society I mean I've done a bunch of stuff right and I my thing is if if you don't treat veterans or people in the military with any fucking respect like United Airlines flight 253 on Sunday 121 <laughs> I'm still mad at you. Please, please contact me. I bet you by the time this releases, they still will not have contacted me. Uh, I'll get back to that in a second, but I'm saying like, we, as, as women, especially as women in this military community, we are constantly seeking validation and community within each other. Um, and I don't want to disclude any uh, spouses who are males because I'm obviously you guys serve too. Got it. But like the point is, is that women, we kind of try to come together in these communities and, and in any way, shape or form. And, but sometimes it's not enough that your partner is in, in the army or your partner is in the Navy or whatever. So it's there's There's different tracks. There's people who literally... And, and at least in my community, get, I mean, I hate to say it, give up on life and go, okay. Oh yeah. You want to do that? That's fine. And then there's me who literally hates that I have zero control, but it's 
using my voice to do something about it. Um, so there's always yeah. the two, there's the two types of, of people who serve, of course, um, and of course it's not linear, it's not absolute, but that's just my opinion. Um, those who want to serve and keep serving and helping because they realize the pain and the agony that all the other people below them are. Cause my husband was enlisted prior to becoming an officer. So I know his, his things, his career, his story. I met him on a second duty tour off of OCS. I'm sure you never imagined he would have <laughs> I, I mean, when I, when I met him and knew him and like we were deployed and stuff like that and geeking out about all sorts of stuff, like, I think he mentioned something about wanting to get his degree and, or not get his, but like try to go a little further. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you do the must? Why don't you be a Mustang? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I vaguely remember that, but that was a long time he, ago. He uh, was actually um, getting out and then he commissioned. Yeah. Before so. I forget. So, um, you were talking about, uh. Uh, or I just I just want to know have you ever I know you're on TikTok TikTok but you have you seen Patrick Lawler's videos about mm. his experience? No. That's... Every time I see, yeah, definitely look look at Patrick Lawler. He's um um he's a content creator. He's a an aspiring comedian. Wait, it's not this and... guy that has a beard that looks like he's about to eat. Uh, Ronald no, McDonald, no, pa- is Pat- Patrick Patrick Lawler, L O. Hello. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Lawler, and um, also mm. uh, Dusty from Vision Video. They're both they're both veterans, and they use art and comedy to. I can't find it, so you'll have to send it to me offline. Oh yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you a link. His stuff is great. I've posted his videos on my Facebook timeline. Um, and also Dusty Gannon. He's down near uh, Atlanta. Okay. Firefighter, firefighter. He's a medic amazing guy and the whole the artist community uh the veteran artist community is incredible like i'm yeah. i'm trying not to like oh, don't go, your yeah you're no 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 you can fuck 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 who cares uh, so <laughs> right. i mean it's i'm yeah. putting it as i have to put it as explicit anyway and to my listeners of course this none of this is a medical diagnosis and none of this is oh, yeah. I, i'm sorry that i didn't put trigger warnings on this um you know but i will when we put this out um just just so people uh don't come for me and be little snowflakes but anyway uh <laughs> sorry uh but so um i'm in i'm on tiktok but i'm on the weird side of tiktok where um oh yeah i've, I'm I've, I've, in, I've seen I've i'm, seen in, I'm in the biscuit and there's a lot of veteran <laughs> women in the biscuit so on Taste the Biscuit TikTok, I've met a lot of veterans through it um, who feel comfortable talking to me because they know that I am a military spouse. And they're like, you know, I got out or I was married to this Marine or I was this was this. And I and they and so there's been a lot of interesting um, information with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm careful about posting about military stuff because everyone loves to come and go, oh, Jody, depend on like, shut the fuck up. My husband's on short it. Like, yeah go away. Also, if I was going to cheat on my spouse, it would have happened after I was literally alone for over a year and it didn't happen. So I guess I'm just stuck with him. You guys have a solid relationship. Like you wouldn't even need to cheat. You guys, you guys could just go, you guys could just be poly. No. uh, Yeah, no, we're, we're very monogamous (laughs) as people, but yeah. So, um, but it's just fun. It's just funny. It's just funny to like, it's it's the military is just, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's not really what makes you you. Huh? And Scott is definitely, he's a part of that community too. He's a part of it because he's a photographer. Uh, he I would consider, yeah, he, he's, he's, I know he hasn't in a while. Yeah. He yeah. kind of fell out of it. I mean, you know, like as ADHD people, we come, we have hyper focuses, correct. You know? So like for, yeah. for instance, like when I started 
when I, the pandemic happened, I got really into making like hair bows for girls and my, my neighbors and all that. And I would just never charge. I would just give them away, give them away, give them away. And then I was like, eh, and I just put it in the closet. And it's funny because I actually just pulled the fabric out to my friends um, that I introduced you to, uh, Jake and Ella. I'm, they're getting a puppy soon. I'm oh, sorry if it's a spoiler for people, but they're getting a puppy soon. Uh, same dog as mine, Cavalier King Charles. You know, they already have one named Indigo and they're getting another one. And um, they've never had a male Cavalier. So I have all these little baby clothes for Bourdain when he was a little baby puppy. And so I'm getting this care package ready to send. But I'll, I'll also Ella likes to make bows for um, dogs and like ribbons. And I have all this ribbon. So I was like, okay, I'm going to cut you like a yard and cut you a yard. And I met them through TikTok, right? Never met them in person. Met them through TikTok. I've been with them through Jake's, um, through Jake being a different name. Uh, I've been, I've been with them since Jake's top surgery was on my birthday in 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, Ella is uh, amazing too. And they're trying to figure out imposter syndrome, what it means to be in the queer community when she's pansexual and Jake is now a trans man. Like, what does that mean? Um, and so uh, that's that's why I introduced you to them because I thought you would get along really well. Um, and Jake's anniversary is coming up. Jake has almost been a man for one year on T for about six months. I want to say almost a year. So toot toot to Jake and Ella. Um, you guys are family to us. We love you. Um, anyway, back to uh, our conversation. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's the point is like, I'm like, here, I have all this ribbon. Like, here you go. Throw in a box. But that's just kind of funny because like I've tried so many different creative things and I know you kind of are now dabbling and feeling unbridled in your creativity. So um, I guess my question would be like, where do you find imposter syndrome in your life right now? So um, I think my imposter syndrome kind of stems from rejection sensitivity. So, mm. you know, the RSD, the RSD thing. Yeah. So the the whole fear of, rejection not being good enough um and then you're you internalize that and it you start to trick yourself into thinking that you're not good enough um so that you can avoid getting into situations where mm. rejection will even happen and when you do that enough it starts to hardwire it into your brain like when it, when it comes to um like my fire dancing and some of the modeling and stuff that I do like I've been programmed also as a woman to basically be not good enough no matter what um mm -hmm. so a lot of it a lot of it stems from that but I'm finally getting to a point in my life where I am going to be unabashed me unabashedly myself I'm going to be authentic mm -hmm. I'm going to be genuine um but those feelings of not being good enough or being an imposter um like I'm not going to be a yeah. successful artist. Like no one's going to buy my stuff. I see all this other amazing art online. Yeah. Like they're so much better than me. I shouldn't even try. But um, I'm like, you know what? Life is short. And I, I really want to enjoy my life while I have it. Yeah. And it's a, and it, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to be brave and I'm just going to do it. Well, <laughs> I'm fighting, I'm fighting that imposter syndrome, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, <laughs> I mean, if, if you need a compliment, here comes a compliment. Choo, 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 choo. Uh, your art's, your art's amazing. Uh, you remind me so much of Christina Ayers, my tattoo artist. We'll get into tattooing in a second. Well, because that's something we mentioned before we press record. Yeah. Um, I, I would be your best friend in a heartbeat. Uh, I get along with weirdos and fellow weirdos. Um, 
Oh, she rolled away. <laughs> I was just I was just closing the door because um my my adorable little Pomeranian who is my uh my green alert dog she's barking her little head off outside. Oh, and for I grandma seizures. To pick that up. For grandma like. Uh no, for migraines. Oh, migraines, grandma migraines. I was like, my grandma seizures. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, my dog is a we 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 started psych training him. Um, but he yeah he, he's 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 funny. He's just like laying down. Some dogs take it. Like she he, picked he's it up good. as a puppy. Yeah, he's good. He he actually knows how to do it. I just have to get back into it. Um, you know, but I haven't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Having a mental breakdown in 2021, uh, moving and all the change. We to go back to change, right? Like I, as an ADHD person, I have a really hard time with rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria as well. There's not a lot that says uh, in in the whole like uh, DSMV and, and medication and all that. Uh, there's not, there's been studies, but there's not much to say to it, but women are especially more sensitive than men when it, especially if they're neurodivergent, when they get rejected. And what I mean by get rejected is I had a person stop me through a podcast interview and say, not one time have you asked me a single question about myself. And, uh, you combine that with a medical uh, malpractice overdose, which had happened to me, all of the change of moving from an Island, my husband coming back from a deployment, all of this, that, and the other, I went into the, the deepest depression I've ever been in my entire life. And I hadn't touched my podcast for over a year. Uh, it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. Right. Well, like, but it, they, I mean, time, you, this you. person should have been like, it, it was, it was, was it this podcast about, about, um, was it the they same, had, the they had created a movie. Syndrome? They had created a movie uh, that I was relating to. They had asked me to watch the movie and I felt very honored that they wanted me to watch the movie. I watched the movie. I was relating to them. I had recently figured out that I'm queer, right? And I'm trying to like relate to them and their stuff. And uh, yeah, they just, he said, I'm at my wit's end and you're not listening to me and this kind of thing. And I just was like, oh, and it hurt. Cause I was like, I know I'm a good pod. Like, I know I'm good at listening. Like I- it just wasn't a match. Like it was like, Oh, you've never listened. So now I'm very careful before I put someone on one. I don't chase. If I ask you to be on it and I give you my link and then you, you screw up or you decide to to wait on it. I don't really care anymore. I'm not going to chase you to, um, I know my value and my worth. And I know what this podcast is for. And this podcast is for mostly queer women, neurodivergent men and queer men. It's not really, and, and my BIPOC friends, it's not really for anyone that's not a little bit off the cuff weird, you know, it's, so I, I've told millions of people, well, not millions of people. I've told a lot of people like life coaches, like, um, I've done that. Like, are you interesting as a life coach? Oh, you just decided that's true. Uh, oh, you do SEO marketing. Okay. Me too. Like, I don't like, you have to have an angle. And if you just soft, if you give me a pitch that makes no sense, I don't want your story. And I, that has to be where I'm at. Unfortunately, as yes, please don't kick me out. I know I have that privilege and that power, but it's also one of those things where it's like, it's, you can, it's not everyone's meant to be a podcast guest. I know it's about imposter syndrome, but not everyone's meant to be a podcast guest. If you want to share your story, I want to give you that platform and that space. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't a match and it was just like really bad timing and it hurt. Yeah. And I would just mull it over in my head over and over and over and over again you don't listen. You're not good enough. You always talk over people, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, one, I was wildly on the wrong dosage of the medication Two, I was probably a little too new to, I was getting into a new therapist that therapy didn't work out. Um, and it was moving and it's hard when you move, you move, you have to find, especially as a military person, you have to find, well, not military, but military spouse. You have to find all new doctors, you have to find all people who will pick up your last diagnosis and be sympathetic and then refill your prescriptions. And that's really fucking hard. 
Like, yeah, it is. I'm going, I'm going through that as we speak. Right. Right. So you get it. So it's like, if if anything, you you probably understand it more than the average person would. It's like, it's hard and it's not fun and there's no easy way and no one prepares you. So when someone just recently moved here and was like, reached out to me on TikTok of all places, I don't know how I popped in her FYP, but she reached out to me and she's like, Hey, our sponsor out here, I think has been giving us the wrong information. We're really scared to move. Like, you know, what, like, what do you think? And I live on Oahu and, uh, spoiler alert, I'm a white person. Like I'm off shade Casper. I am aware of that, but because of all of the work on inclusion, diversity and uh, diversity and all that, like that I do, and this is a platform for it. I learn everything there is to learn about an injustice or a medical diagnosis or whatever, because I don't want to give the wrong information while I'm not a professional, I can always try and be my best because like as a white person, you have the, the opportunity to, be, to educate yourself and also others so that the, yeah. the so that um, native people of Hawaii don't have to feel fatigued so that the local Kama'ini people of Hawaii don't have to feel fatigued. And so that we don't make the same mistakes and continue to um, devastate a state that we shouldn't be on, quite frankly. So, yeah. uh, so she reached out to me and wanted to know like how to be a, like, and I was just like, I've lived here for two years, almost the first year and a half. I hated it. And then we moved to base housing because our landlord raised our rent and my life completely changed. Like just things got better because suddenly I had community because it is a very tough thing and you've lived in Osaka, right? So, you know, how isolating that can feel. Yeah. Especially so, being the other Yep. Being the other. And yeah. I, and I encourage people, if you're a white person, go somewhere where you are in a minority Absolutely. to the point, be it Miami, mm-hmm. be it New York city, be it, be it Hawaii and live somewhere mm-hmm. or be somewhere where you are the only white person. And I'm telling you right now, it'll humble the shit out of you. Yeah. I, I cannot tell you how many times living in Japan, I got called Mendoksai Gaijin, like troublesome foreigner. Um, that just being called gaijin in general like the word means foreigner it means outsider like it doesn't matter how perfect my japanese is it doesn't matter if i can you know match their their beauty standards um if i can do everything i'm always going to be different because i am not ethnically japanese um exactly and they're very very outsiders yes it's it's very it's um it's a very ethno ethnocentric uh, mm-hmm. is, is that the word ethnocentric um oh, homogenous. <laughs> oh yeah 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 got you yeah it's a very uh homogenous hom- or homogeneous however you want to say it um society so over over the years it, it is getting better um but there are still times when i will go on the train in japan like when i'm in japan i'll go on the yeah. train and someone will get up and, and someone will get up and move away from me or i'll walk into a store and the person working automatically goes like no english no english and it's like, uh, and like, sometimes they can't really believe it. Like, because I don't match what's coming out of my mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they have like this, this interior, uh, that, uh, what, what's, what's it called? Like this, this panic, this, their brain doesn't know how to process it. Of course. Um, Cause they, they see white and they go, Oh, don't know. We didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. No yeah. English, no English. And then it's like, no, I speak to, I speak Japanese. It's fine. Um, and sometimes they just get a wash of relief and they love it and they think it's amazing and then other people they just they still can't get through that that they still can't get through that mental block and a lot of that is with the older generation too Mm -hmm. which i can i can understand 
um, the, it's the old, it's the older folks, the newer generations in Japan, freaking way more accepting. Like I, I loved talking to teenagers and stuff while being in Japan. And they just thought it was so cool that they were like, Oh, it's really awesome that you're here. And we're so happy to have you like incredibly accepting, like, Oh, let's go take you and dress you up in kimono or you got the, let's go do this. And we want to show, we want to show all yeah. this to you. Um, but yeah, I would, I agree. I think that as a white person moving or even spending yeah. more than a week in a place where you are the minority can be absolutely blend in. it's really the best yeah. advice like try and blend in like yeah you don't yeah. want to be luck. the tourist you know well I mean as much as you can yeah. right do your research right yeah um I mean but you're gonna stand out like a sore thumb as a foreigner in a in a predominantly Asian country or a, um a, a country that has like that are mostly people of color mm -hmm. you are going to stand out no matter what go ahead and try to blend in <laughs> well no that's like, the point yeah that's the point so like as a as a as a person who has white skin I know I have privilege that I did not earn and I know that mm -hmm. about me especially as a cisgendered looking white woman right white woman whatever uh yeah. it's it's like I have this inherent like I pass as a straight white person um which is fine right like but I know this about me to be true and I know that those are inherent privileges that I have and so if I don't do the educational work as who I am and what I use this podcast for then there's just no point in doing it and so uh on that same vein Jackie I feel I have to code switch the second I get on a flight back to the back to Hawaii Hawaii so you get really oh, yeah. good at code switching in the military too you, do, you have to because you're like ah, just take me seriously please um and yep. so I, I I found myself code switch put on my husband's OCS shirt and you know sit down in the chair and just the flight was awful I don't even want to talk about it because it was not worth time but the fact is that yeah. I, I I basically and and even even so far as like Hawaii you know like most people English is not the first language of course but I speak uh, in my head I can actually understand a lot of Hawaiian uh, words, native Hawaiian language. It's very beautiful language. Um, I try mm -hmm. not to speak pidgin. I try to be as respectful as possible, but, uh, is pigeon, still, is pigeon still used? Uh, yeah, pretty. Yeah. A okay. Bit. Um, I mean, I have a, well, I have a couple yeah. book, I have a couple books in pigeon and they're really interesting. Yeah. Pi well, pigeons, uh, you don't want to be okay. So if you're coming to the Hawaii, like don't immediately go, Brada! Oh yeah. Like, bah. yeah, no, no, no. Like don't do that. Uh, but also like, um, there is a respectful way to be, you know, a person and just casually put Hawaiian words in like Hanu for Toyota or, um, you know, Mahalo Nui, like, thank you very much. Or, uh, uh, you know, Mahalo for Kukua, which means your cooperation or participation. Uh, and I find myself doing that, but I also feel comfortable enough to do that now because I have friends that are local, Kama'aina. Uh, and mm -hmm. also, um, again, I always say this in every podcast episode, ha Hawaiian means native it means native Hawaiian, right? From born from Hawaii. Uh, and so mm -hmm. Kama'aina means local. And so just always know that if you say something's Hawaiian, you are assuming that that person was born from the islands, uh, which there's a lot of transplants here. So that's all I'll say. That's my last soapbox. But anyway, point is, I, I, I feel like on a smaller scale, if I go into a business and I go, hey, how's it? Right. Hey, how's it, brother? Hey, how's it, sister? Hey, auntie. Like, and I, I am, I feel more comfortable doing that now, but I did not feel comfortable doing that a year ago. I was like, Hey, hi. Oh, thank you. Mahalo. And then I like walk out now. I'm like, whatever. Fuck it. Like if a guy cuts me in line, I'm like, Hey, sir, like back in the line, brah. Yep. 
Like I don't <laughs> care anymore. Um, and it's a weird shift that whenever that happens. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I agree with that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely like, it does go into my imposter syndrome a little bit, but I'm like, what's the worst that they're going to do? Call me a derogatory word, a howly. Yeah, I, I am one. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to, trying to teach people how to not be dicks on your Island. And I'm leaving uh, as soon as the military says, Hey, yo, Woolwix, get off the Island. I'd be like, got it. Peace out. You going, are you going back to, you going, out, you going back to San Diego? Oh, I hope so. We own our house there. Oh, I'd yeah, love right. to go there. That'd be great to go there. I got a guest room. I mean, it's great to go there. Yeah, I feel, I'm uh, because I'm still staffing um, Comic Con, like San Diego Comic Con International. I'm still oh, doing are? a lot of events. And, cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll be down there. I fly down there uh, fairly often, um, either to visit friends, uh, family in Orange County, um, that kind of thing, or or I just road trip it. Um, I, lo- I love driving long distances, Did popping you know? a podcast, audiobooks. I'm, I'm down there. I go down there a lot. I'd love to visit when you guys get so back. So Scott and I, he had a sailor that volunteered for comic-con so we got to volunteer and i got to go to comic-con for volunteering for like a hour and we went and i went and i was so overwhelmed because this is pre me knowing i have anxiety and i can't handle big crowds uh and (laughs) this is pre-pandemic right so you add the pandemic on top of it uh and uh i was like wow this is a lot it's a lot and it's just nerds but it's not my kind of nerds because i went to drag con okay that's my bread and butter uh, it's like Comic-Con, but gay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would not jump in. I would not jump in if you, if you're interested in attending, um, yeah. events like that or general, general geeky events, nerdy events, uh, involving film, comics, uh, fantasy games, all that stuff. I would not recommend Comic-Con as like the first one you go to, like definitely do some smaller I went to Pensacon. I got to hug you Joey Fatone. Pensacon? Pensacola. Con. Oh, Pensacon. Yeah. Pensacola, yeah. Yeah. I went there. Uh, so. I Actually, funny enough, Jason Marsden's been on the podcast and I have a joke, but uh, I kicked Jason Marsden out of the way to hug Joey Fatone, uh, which is very <laughs> funny. It's a very funny, funny joke and point of fact to me. Oh, so I we're can, getting- Yeah, we'd have yeah. to have- We'd have to we'd have to do like another an, another uh, talk about our experiences and stuff like that at conventions because I could talk about that stuff. Yeah, no, I mean we can always do like especially as it gets closer if you want to promote something a bonus episode, but that's a sidebar. So we're already oh, yeah. getting into kind of I think. Do you have anything more you'd like to say about imposter syndrome, or do you feel like the topic's completely covered? Um, I think I think uh, when it comes to imposter syndrome. Hmm, I think it's something that's always going to be there for me. Like it's, it, it's just something that is ingrained, but I think I'm strong enough at this point and I'm, I'm more, I'm introspective enough that I can get through it. I can fight it and it's not going to get in my way. Um, you know, especially with me coming, like me finding myself, finding my voice, uh, being like, I have, like, I don't fit the beauty standards. I can, I'm still good looking. I'm going to model. I don't care. You know, hell yeah. There's, there's always it. gonna be there's always there's always gonna be that voice in the back. I'm of my built head, like, like Bobby oh, Hill, and I'm into it. Like they're like you're too big, you're too old, you don't fit this. Uh, like that whole you're not good enough. Yeah, shut the fuck um, up. Yeah, so I, I'm yeah, like, exactly. I'm like shut the fuck up. Watch this me. Watch me. me. This makes me feel powerful. This makes me feel beautiful and confident. I'm gonna do it as long as it keeps making me feel that way. I'm gonna do it. And I wonder if those people are actually saying that, or if it's your internal shoulder devils telling you those things. Because I mean, no one's brave enough to say that shit unless they're a keyboard warrior. And uh, even so, they're probably yeah. got an anonymous photo. But no, I love that and keep battling. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's people like saying it. It's 
being inundated constantly with societal standards of beauty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what and like I see a girl on Twitter Instagram TikTok and I'm like I wish I looked like that and I'm never gonna look like that and you see those views and stuff and that's part of the toxic social media cycle too um like we're we you don't have to be perfect and I'm trying to come to turn like what is perfection what is normal um and that whole imposter syndrome comes in and like oh you're never going to be pretty enough your boobs aren't going to be big enough like you don't you know your waist isn't going to be small enough um it's I've I'm getting to a point where I really don't care anymore what people actually think as long as as long as it makes me feel good absolutely and it doesn't and it doesn't hurt anyone else it doesn't hurt anyone else and it makes me feel amazing I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I love that I love that and the last thing I'll share before we um, go into fanaticals is like similar to you I'm on the same journey of like self-love self-care um that's my 2023 mantra especially with all this stuff related to anxiety going into like my pooper shooter (laughs) I'm here for it I'm here for it wonky wavy wacky wavy inflatable I'm on your tube band I'm in your corner I'm in your corner yeah so I um (laughs) a lot of my listeners don't know this. I'm going to share something very vulnerable. I have suffered from bulimia since I was 18 years old off and on. Um, and that's very comorbid with, um, having a parent that just kind of always is up your asshole and around the corner telling you how to live your life and that your, your body's not good enough. Has my husband ever told me that? Not a single time. Uh, but, uh, no. Uh, so I have, um, you know, I've, I've gone through the dental work of it. I've gone through the cardiovascular work of it. I've tried everything to combat it. And I'll tell you right now that the only thing that's ever stopped me from stepping on that scale every single day. And all this is what's going on medically with me. And I don't think it'll ever, ever impact me again. And I'm going to tell you that it should not have taken, because who knows if this is internal damage from all of the throwing up and all of the laxative use or whatever I used to do. I don't know, but all I'm going to tell you right now is if this is how it feels every single day to not love yourself, then I don't want to live like this. Uh, And if this is the product of, I'm 18. I was 18. I'm now 30. I mean, eating disorder started way before I was 18. I remember being 10 years old and my mom telling me to lose weight and I put it on my like little card at fifth grade. And my teacher was like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had, um, my, yeah. my stem, cause I had a, I had a previous partner who, um, had an unhealthy obsession with, um, online adult content to the point where they didn't find me attractive anymore. That's a them problem. Yeah. And enjoy I gave your them, porn, bucko. <laughs> I gave them I gave them two years and they constantly criticized me on my body. Oh, you should get a boob job. You should be thinner. This blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm in the military. I have to eat like this much food. I have to have this kind of energy. I'm not gonna be able to look like Pamela Anderson. I'm sorry. Um, and after two years of that, I just I I couldn't handle being married to someone that didn't want to touch me. I'm you sorry know, that, that was never you. That's that, fucked up. That was never gonna, I was never going to meet their standard and they didn't want to change. I dated people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, that's going through that and the pain, like, and the, the self-hatred that I, that I had from that about my body and the way that I looked took years for me to, to unpack. And I still unpack it to this day, you know, to this day, I still, I still struggle from that because I was with this person for five years. Um, I hope they're doing well. Um, mm, I hope fine they, if they're I not. Hope, I hope that, I <laughs> it's hope fine they, if they're I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. I want everyone. I don't. I don't do that. I don't uh, wish <laughs> ill will on my exes, of course. But uh, I mean, but karma, there's someone else's. 
there's someone else's problem. I mean, I'm probably, you know, I have a saying that I'm probably the worst thing that ever happened to a lot of people because I was not healed. <laughs> and so I just like, yeah, I was just like, a, I was just like Tasmanian devil. Just like, that's great though, that, you, that you see that. That's great that you see that. Well, I mean, because, that's I mean, all I can. I if, I, if I sit there and I think about, I sit there and I think about where I was at and what was happening in my life at that time and how sad and miserable I was, then I probably will just pass away. So I can't do that. Instead, I, instead, I, like, I, yeah, you got to like, look at it like, okay, I wasn't healed. You were clearly not healed. We were not two or two not healed people. I mean, Scott is the best accident that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So. so same with Luke. Luke is, I did, I, it was literally just a couple months after my, my divorce and Luke came into my life. And I was like, I just got out of a really gnarly situation. I need some time. And I'm like, can we just be friends? And he's like, well, with the way that I feel about you, it would be too painful for me to just be friends. And I was like, oh, okay. You're like, so huh, you're, you're okay. I'm like, huh, <laughs> let me, let me rethink this. And I'm like, am I ever going to find anyone that's a better match for me? No. Like, even though at the time I wasn't like, you know, head over heels, butterflies, passionately in love, I was like, you know what? Love is something you work for and it's something you put energy into. But you knew they were special. And yeah. And we make a phenomenal team. Yeah. And he has been he has been just the the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like yeah. dude should be a therapist. He's a teacher, but he should be a therapist. A teacher. <laughs> um I love that. I know. So is that I what know. brought you guys it's up? So great. Is that what got brought you guys up north or no um uh so my uh, so Luke's family owns property up in Bishop and that's why we were okay. living up there for 10 years. And it was incredibly isolating, very toxic, awful community um, for us. Sounds like it. And it's Bishop. Oh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was awful. Like I had very few friends. Um, the, the temperatures were extreme, both in the winter and the summer, oh, the course, dryness, the, the migraines, living at altitude, all that stuff. I've been um, to that then, area. So I know where it is. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. And it's beautiful, but living there is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the, point where I'm like I this is this is really bad for me both physical and mentally um we need to move and if we're gonna buy a house it has to be now because interest rates are starting to go up so I just pretty much threw a dart at a map and I'm like Pacific Northwest let's do it and I I think it's one of the best decisions we've ever made yeah it's yeah incredible there's I have a we have we already have a solid friend friend group from people I've known from Wasteland Weekend and Comic-Con and stuff that live up here moved up here um there's a lot to do that are in our special interests with yeah games and comics and art and there's so much to do and we love it so much and it I know we've only been here since September but it really feels like home yeah and, no I love that well welcome and uh, so that's why we came up here was and we, we couldn't afford California. We can't pay six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars for a two. We got lucky house. with like, our house, but I, I mean, even so, oh, I sound like such an asshole when I say that, but like, I mean, we got lucky. Like we bought the we right got lucky time. Up here too. Yeah, exactly. You bought the right time with the right interest mm-hmm. rate right before the rates went back up. And then we refinanced yep. and I was a marketing director for a title and escrow company, which was like, if I hadn't, if, if it hadn't been like that, plus my, my, my realtor Ehab, who is family, love him to death. Um, him going to bat for us and being like, this property doesn't exist on a map and it's been here for nine years. Like you're going to pay your back taxes before they close. We wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Perfect. But, but the, oh man, the VA loan benefit. Mm. (laughs) I would not have been able to buy a house without the VA. VA I mean, so many people can't, and so many people do it stupidly too. Like out here, 
I, I, people should not be, I'm sorry, if you're military, you should not be buying in Hawaii. I don't care who you are unless you're native Hawaiian. Do not buy out here. Yep. You are an I don't think anyone should buy unless you're native. Exactly. No one should exactly. buy in Hawaii unless you're native. No one, not a single person. You're not yeah. entitled to that land. Yeah, that's a, probably an unpopular opinion. So uh, fanaticals, I think you kind of mentioned art and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's talk about unpopular opinions, I guess. Oh, I was going to say, because you were talking about other epi- on episodes, like snacks and stuff that you were like really into. I just rediscovered chili cheese Fritos. Wait, wait. Oh, yes. Chili cheese Fritos. I haven't had them in years. And I was like, you know what? Because I, I mean, I had a few drinks. I can taste them right now. Down. Right? I know. Oh. And I, I haven't had them in so long and they have so much MSG in them. They're so good and addictive. Oh, that's an unpopular opinion. MSG is not bad for you. It's, it's not a bad racist for you. thing. It I is like, like racist against Chinese, like Chinese food places back in yeah. like the fifties and sixties. Absolutely. Like, oh, we have a same with low fat. Low fat is bullshit. Oh yeah, we have. My mom was like an almond princess. Okay, so we have like a, oh, a we have a MSG on our fridge, and I used my label maker, and it's called Flavor Town. So if you ever come to my house and you're like, "What's that?" It's MSG. Hi. I got the little panda. I got the little panda shaker bottle for Ajinomoto. Ooh. Yeah, you know, I mean, about the the MSG that you get, and yeah. I just keep refilling that little shaker, and it's right next to my stove, and I'm like, oh, we're making scrambled eggs. All right, let's throw some MSG on there. Yeah. So you were and I were talking to this morning about Don Quixote's, which is a Japanese chain that I happen to live next to. Which um, everyone make everyone shits on Don Quixote's out here uh, in Hawaii because it's so gross. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, it is. Have you ever it's bought, awesome. uh, yeah, they, 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 if you, if you do some digging, you can find like makeup for a dollar. Like it's great. Yeah. Uh, you can buy, amazing. you can buy chicken cutlets and sushi and makeup and contacts and tissues and toilet like, paper. Hello Kitty. It's, it's, it's completely chaotic and I love it. And no matter There's what no you're looking reason. for, they have it. They had, yeah, they had this great. yesterday. I went there. Uh, I'm not allowed to go there. Um, unmedicated i'm also not allowed to go there without a shopping list uh scott said i got an e for effort he said please bring home beer i got a, a six pack oh four six packs of orion which is the the beer it's yeah, a beer japanese, yeah. japanese beer it's a really good beer um and yeah. uh, for 34 dollars that's not bad that's not bad and i don't and they don't and it's usually pretty expensive to buy a, a six pack of it so i bought it in this yeah. little suitcase thing and uh, and, then, and then of course like the the uh, the um the kid that registers like do you need a trolley and the, the, the locals in front of me are like do you need a trolley i'm like oh shoot yeah i guess because i'm like kicking it towards the <laughs> register like, oh no i'd be one of those people that's like hell no <laughs> well i i I, like, I, uh, I had the I'm basket and the basket was full um because I, I i went there to get sour cream and something for dinner like to help out with dinner and stuff so so yeah so I was but I was at Don Q's oh, oh speaking of Don Q's you'll know this okay I have those audio medium here if you're just listening do they, you won't play know. The, do they play the jingle do they play the jingle oh my gosh I need one I might have to have you send me I'll one send you one I can send donkey, you one yes 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 because the Don Quixote is the donkey here is it um it's through it, they call it Tokyo Central. They bought out most of the Marukai markets on the West Coast, oh, and they okay. turned them into Tokyo Central, owned by the company owned by Don Quixote. It's exactly the same as if you go to a donkey in Hawaii or in Japan, but it's just called Tokyo Central. Yeah, but um, um, it's they my don't favorite. Have any, like, Don Quixote, they don't have they any have, Don okay. Quixote merch. So I there. don't have my purse right on me, but I'll I'll text you a photo of it. I bought it just in case like the reusable bags right now are like you have to have them. ninety nine cents. It's got a little penguin on it. 
Uh, I'll, I'll send you like a little dog cue package because like it's all yes, the, it's yes. all the merch. Yeah, of course. I would love that. Do they play the the same jingle in the Hawaiian the Hawaiian stores they do in Japan? The one that goes Don 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 Quixote. Do they play that? If they do, I don't know because I have my headphones in trying not to panic. Oh, uh, but... I'm sometimes just in the shower and I settle, start that jingle first playing in my head. <laughs> so for my listeners, if you're not familiar, Don Quixote's is a Japanese chain. Uh, if you're also not familiar, H-Mart is right next door in Pearl City where I live. And uh, it is my favorite store. Uh, H-Mart is also a favorite of mine. But H-Mart just, re- so they just open an H-Mart next to Don Q. And everyone's like, oh, shoot, the Don Q is going to close. I'm like, hell no, I'll keep Don Q in business. <laughs> well, you'll have one it. waiting for you when you when you go back to San Diego. You have one waiting for you. It's just called Tokyo Central. Oh instead. yeah, yeah. Is that on Combo? Where is that? Um, yeah, it's it's over in Kearney Mesa. With there's like the Ranch Ninety Nine, and there's Mitsua. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that whole area. There's like the San Rosa. It's all right there. It's it's so, just catty corner from uh, Tajima. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of actually, believe it or not, Convoy Street just got like a new H Mart as well. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, which which they fine. had a Mr. Cow. Well, they had a Mr. <laughs> Cow. Well, see, that's the thing out here is like, I'm so used to, so people are always like, what do you, well, I went mainland and my friend's like, well, what are you missing? Like, what do you want? Like I was in uh, Florida and I'm like, I I want a Cubano. I want a coffee. And uh, I want you a have, you have Kona. Capirana. You have Kona coffee there. You have Kona oh, coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, here. I'll send you coffee. I got you. Freaking Lion. Lion coffee is so good. Do you like coffee, like, really nice coffee? Because I can send you the, you, you know, your family. So we can send you the, uh, the, the, the coffee, the green, the green co- coffee farm coffee. Ooh, you're, 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 you're speaking my love language. <laughs> oh, I got you, queen. Don't even worry about it. Oh, anyway. Oh, my gosh. Um, they're macadamia. Mm. <laughs> all, macadamia I, all, I tell, oh, all I tell people is, is you pay shipping. I, I, I pay gifties. My PayPal yeah, is ready. Perfect. All right. So uh on public opinion, I think we went through them. Uh now we're gonna go into Muppets. Uh Muppets. Oh no. Don't sue me. All right. So um if you could if if you could pick one Muppet to describe you, and of course it could be Sesame Street, it could be anything under the Jim Hansen branch, anything you stick your hand up uh or move around what would it be and why oh my gosh oh it can be a mix okay it has to be a mix because uh with with anxiety and stuff like that of course you're you're gonna you're gonna have some kinship with beaker there (laughs) and just 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 that and like the communication stuff like that but also animal when you go into those manic episodes Mm -hmm, and you mm -hmm. get really motivated um like to the point where you just you're just a uh, tunnel vision on, yeah, on one yeah. thing like like animal does like I love animal um yeah I like I like Beaker I, I I think I like Beaker the most like he's 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 pretty awesome I also have a a love for um uh Ralph and he's very underappreciated oh, Ralph. he's so underappreciated he's so underappreciated I love Ralph so Ralph. much like He's a puppy and he, he's a cute dog. And I, I I don't know. I love Rolf. Same with Sweetums. Sweetums doesn't get enough love. Sweetums is definitely underrated for sure. But yeah, yeah I would say yeah, Beaker, Beaker and Ralph. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, you okay. had another Muppet question you usually do. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, if you're going to sleep with one Muppet, who is it? Oh God. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was it. I was like, wait. I saw it on TikTok. I thought it was hilarious. And um, I, I don't prompt people because I, I, but I'm also feeling it out. If someone's not going to be able to be open and honest about like, I don't know, stuff, then I'm like, I'm not going to ask you. But yeah, so this I'm question open, just cracks me book. up. Okay. So, but I mean, you can have multiple. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to have sex with the whole Muppet band, hats off, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I've got a bunch of funny answers too. Who's the girl? Um, that's Janice. Who's the blonde girl? Janice. uh, That's in the Muppet band. Yes, she's down. She'll let you do whatever. (laughs) She can get it. Yeah, yeah. Janice can can get it. Janice, like, in another life. Okay, so like, this was like the not the seventies when the Muppets came out, and it was the nineties. Janice would work at Hooters. Yeah. Thousand percent. For sure. For sure. <laughs> did you hear their they, did you hear their 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 like Hooters is either getting like a big rebrand or closing down altogether because millennials don't like boobs anymore? Yeah, they're butt people, Tina Belcher. Let's just make goth hooters. <laughs> they should. Well, okay. So I, I also I think it's funny that there's another restaurant that's competitory that's uh called Twin Peaks. I think that they're owned by the same company of Hooters and and Twin Peaks is like not the show from the 90s. And I had a friend yeah. that like went there and was like oh this is not what I thought I'm like yeah oh this is not what I thought it was <laughs> uh, but I mean it's I mean to me I, I I think it should be about the, the show I, mean, I love that show um I'd, yeah. I'd be down for that I'd be down for that I'd be down for anything weird and obscure there's just not enough stuff uh out there but I also feel like we're, we're running away from like just I don't know I feel like I, I can't like it, it, Scott's had some people that have like tried to be his friend they're like well let's go to the strip club and he's like I could think of something I would want to do less in my life than I couldn't couldn't even tell you you know what respect respect, respect the people for sex that work do that though mm-hmm. like sex work is work I I mean I could have you tried to pole dance my friend Andrea does it all the time she's like I she wants me to do it with her she, I'm like I'm like you've oh, got more God, muscle than is, me girl I don't know how it is it. so hard I'm gonna try it. I do want to try it. It's like um, I'm I would also, do. I'd be down yeah. to go to a strip club just to like be like, oh my gosh, that's so impressive. Yeah, I so I um some things about me and my like recent kind of thing. I, I've always had a, a a drag persona in the background that I haven't made debuted yet, but I'm planning to on a walk who uh, eventually. Uh, and my drag persona is Sheriff Yeti, so I can gender bend either female or male depending on how I <laughs> yes. feel. Uh, and, uh, I already found my drag debut song. So it's something I want to do. Uh, pole dancing is something I've wanted to do as well, because I've heard about it through, uh, Nicole Byer, uh, who's a, one of my favorite podcast guests or not podcast. Wow. She's not been on my, she's not been a guest, but manifest. Uh, she's a bit, one of my favorite podcasters and she's actually what inspired me to become a podcaster, uh, myself. Uh, and she's a funny, 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 funny lady. And I love her. Um, and so she's does a lot of pole and I'm like, if Nicole can do it. Nicole is a big gal and she owns do that. it and post your progress be be some inspiration for me because I want to I want to yeah if I, I okay it, but if I, I want to give it a class try. I think it's I think it's worth yeah if I, if I take a class I think it's worth it but yeah um so as we're so writing it's so cool that yeah. you're it's so cool you're doing drag because I really want to do burlesque and like I I, I still I'm uh, I, I'm trying to get to my confidence level let me to see, the point where I'm breaking. Let me it. noodle. Let me noodle uh, offline. I think I know some people in the scene out there, so let me noodle on it because uh, Portland's yeah. not that far, and you can always do like a trip yeah. to Portland. 
my best friend. It's like the there. same distance. It's like the same distance from when people are like, oh, isn't Portland far? I'm like, no, if, if Eugene is San yeah. Diego, then Portland is LA. I, like, yeah, and I've been to Eugene. Exactly. I used to work for a company where I, I was in Eugene and Corvallis for like three weeks and then Portland for two, two weeks. And it was just like a marketing job I had like in my early 20s. <laughs> uh, and I, I loved Oregon. I loved Oregon. But why? I don't understand why I can't pump my own gas. I just have to say that. Uh, but whatever. I don't mind it. I don't want to get out of my car when it's raining. <laughs> so I, i'm yeah. happy sipping my car while some 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 cute guy is still filling the other like <laughs> i love it i love it jackie thank you again for coming on the podcast as we're winding down the last question i always love to ask is just what's making you currently happy in the world and after we answer that we'll we'll turn it over to how and where people can find you and we'll wrap it up uh so what's making me happy in the world I'm really a couple things and I'll try to I'll try to make it quick because I know we've been you know chatting for a while but I am really happy to see the the this huge surge in acceptance of being therapy or seeing therapists and getting mental health stuff taken care of um and seeing men especially becoming more open to it uh rather than you know keeping everything stuff down inside and having to be stoic and like getting rid of that, those masculine uh, or that toxic masculinity type type thing where, you know, you have to be a man or whatever. It's like, no, be vulnerable. Like the vulnerability is a superpower. Like that's how you grow as a person and yeah. seeing pe- like people and, and men accept it finally is making me super happy. The I other agree. thing that's making me really happy is just being in the Pacific Northwest with my people. Like yeah. I found, I found out that, so Eugene, Oregon, or you, or I guess this area has more comic book stores and board game stores, like that, like per capita. Like, per capita Whoa. Yeah, than like anywhere else. Like you can't throw a rock without hitting either a brewery, which I'm all for. Oh, I miss breweries. You can't hit a like a brewery, <laughs> dispensary, and a game store. Like I oh, have. Yeah, that's a that's I, a fun night right there. Woo. Yeah, I visit like five comic book stores a week to pick up my issues. And I like to, because I like to support small business and I just, I love it. And it, it makes my heart so happy that I get to actually have a community. And my favorite um, bookstore, uh, comic book store, Books with, Picture, Books with Pictures Eugene, where uh, I'm doing um, a special promotional cover for them, which uh, I'll put out online. So cool. I don't know if we can talk about it yet. Yeah, so it's going to be like a store exclusive a variant cover for a comic that's coming out in March. Um, so it's a big, it's something that I've been wanting to do for yeah. years. And they're right next to a fabulous queer bar called Spectrum. So you get Ooh. your comics and then you go to the queer bar, you do your karaoke and you play magic. And it's- That's so I, cool. It feels like I'm home and that makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy for you that you finally have that community after you've been yearning for it for so long. Cause I, you know, being in Southern California is like, Ugh. Well, it's not even in Bishop. It's so isolating. And I oh, have yeah. no friend group. Well, that's how I felt I was... before I dug for it. You know, you dig for it and then you, or, and you move. Like I'm moving. So we're in the same trajectory because I was, we moved in July. So I love that. But I don't hate it like coming from Bishop and that isolation because it forced me to, or not forced me, but it gave me the opportunity to pursue art and to get better at it, you know, because I yeah. wasn't so distracted. It's like, I have nothing else to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to paint. You know, I'm going to garden, I'm going to sculpt, I'm going to make costumes. And um, so I had a lot of time to figure out my my style and um, develop my passions. And now I have those passions. I'm taking them with me yeah. um, and just into a better environment where yeah. I can actually use those skills. 
You, uh, unrelated, would be a really great art teacher. I just think you should know that. You think I'd be a good art teacher? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. I don't, maybe. I don't know. I want to be a tattoo artist. We oh, okay. Offline, that. I'm going to connect okay. you. I'm going to connect you to Christina. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah. Yeah, you'd yeah. be great. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my, that's awesome my next thing. That's my next, that's my next step, but you can't do a traditional apprenticeship here. Mm. You have to go to an accredited educator and its average cost is 12,000 and there's no, um, there's no tuition assistance for that. So, uh, interesting. that's gonna, that's good. That's gonna be a struggle, but, um, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. We'll get I'll there. We'll talk so, uh, <laughs> Jackie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course, this is, please don't kick me out. The only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. Where can people find you to maybe commission you for art, learn more about your struggles or reach out to you because they want to join the military and they want your experience and your stories. Uh, where can they find you? Um, I'm pretty much everywhere online as red velvet. Um, that's red and it has two D's. So R E D D velvet. Mm -hmm. Um, Red Velvet, Red Velvet Art, Red Velvet Box. Just Google Red Velvet with two Ds. And I know that sounds funny, but uh, <laughs> um, Red with the double Ds, which is not true. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just give that a Google. I'm that on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all those all those places. Yeah, absolutely. Jackie, uh, is, all that information is going to be in the comments section or if you're listening uh, uh, in your earbuds right now. Hi, hello. Uh, we are on YouTube as well. Um, if you want to check out uh, and see this beautiful human or see me wearing a death is certain shirt with a dog on it, uh, then yeah, go for it. YouTube.com slash please don't kick me out. Uh, I don't actually, I think that's actually going. Uh, anywho, uh, we are everywhere you need to be. All the information for Jackie is going to be in the description of the podcast, the description of the YouTube video, the description of any of the social media online, everywhere, rate, share, like, etc. Thank you so much, Jackie, for being on Please Don't Kick Me Out. And mahalo for your kakua. Well, thank you. Hey, everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, can you rate us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on? For content creators like myself, that keeps us going. Also, did you know that I have merchandise? Thank you so much to Lara, who was my second guest ever on Please Don't Kick Me Out. She is a great person who did all of my branding. Live out your 90s fantasy. Go to pleasedon'tkickmeout.com slash shop. Thank you. listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use PDKMO to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This 
has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.